Welcome to the Rational Horizon Podcast, brought to you by the Central Valley Alliance of Atheists and Skeptics. The Rational Horizon Podcast is a discussion of issues relevant to atheists and skeptics in the California Central Valley. hosts today are me, Mark Boyd, president of the Central Valley Alliance of Atheists and Skeptics, Richard Moore, who is our vice president, Hello, and uh, David Costa, uh, a member of, of uh, CVAAS. Hey, everyone. Today, we're going to discuss an appearance by Richard Gage, who is the founder of the organization Architects and Engineers for 911 Truth. Mr. Gage came to Fresno to be on the Great Day morning show hosted by KMPH, a local Fox affiliate station. He spoke with show hosts Kopi Sotteropoulos and Kim Stevens. Back in April, a local Fresno civil engineer set up a Architects and Engineers for 911 Truth video event in which over 100 people attended. Richard was one of the people attending. I'd like to point out that this event was heavily advertised at a local Tea Party political rally, so the attendees were probably not very satisfied with our government. So we'll let Richard start off with this. Uh, a couple months ago, I went to a video presentation by an organization called AE911Truth.org. It's a DVD they put together that uh, claims there's conspiracy around the uh, World Trade Center bombings in 2001. I went to this uh, uh, DVD presentation. I actually printed up off the uh, official NTSE uh, website uh, the FAQ for the 9-11 disaster, and, uh, in which they explain very clearly exactly what happened and uh, present all their evidence, and there's actually a whole stack of documents that have been uh, put together uh, that uh, go into detail on exactly what happened, but the AE911truth.org people, they feel there's conspiracy, they challenge this information, and uh, they're headed up by Richard Gage, who recently uh, visited Fresno again to represent the uh, DVD in its entirety, and uh, he actually appeared on the KMPH Good Morning show, or Great Day show, it's called, uh, in which uh, Richard Gage, an architect, is his credentials, uh, presents what he thinks is the reasons why the official explanation is incorrect. Uh, so, of course, he takes his case not to engineering societies and peer-reviewed literature, but to Kopi Sotaropoulos, the next weatherman. And uh, we have uh, the uh, video available that we'll play, and then we'll stop it, and uh, I'd like to discuss between the three of us what we feel the flaws in Richard Gage's arguments and uh, why there really is no refutation of the official story. So let me start the okay. video. He's an architect experienced in steel structures. Now Richard Gage is touring the country with a controversial message about September speaking? 11th. Richard Gage is here to show us why he's calling for a more thorough investigation That's into the collapse Kobe. of the World Trade Center buildings. Thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. It's great to be here. Well, first of all, give us a little bit of more about your background. Well, I'm an architect of 20 years, mm -hmm. a member of the American Institute of Architects, and have been studying steel frame fireproof buildings uh, for about that long. Now, an architect is not a structural engineer. 
and uh, it's a little bit dishonest for uh, Richard Gage to present himself when he says he studied these buildings. Uh, what he means is he, he works in the architecture of them. Uh, architects are sort of at the, the end of the engineering process. Uh, and in fact, I'd like to point out that the very tools that uh, Richard Gage uses in his profession, uh, the standards that are put together uh, by the engineering societies, are the exact same things he's challenging right here as being now part of a huge conspiracy to hide the truth of 911. We, we ask that for clarification because as we get into this, we want people to make sure that you're not just somebody with a, a wacky idea. Right. Okay. But see, that's precisely what he is. Uh, Richard Gage does not have the endorsement of any engineering architectural organizations. Uh, he really is an outlier in this, in okay. this profession. You come with some science to you. What is the official reason for the collapse of the World Trade Center towers? Well, we're told that the planes uh, hit the buildings and the, there was an explosion and a, a fire. And about an hour and a half later, in the case of the North Tower, the buildings uh, collapsed due to structural weakening due to the fires. The problem is, is that uh, we don't have uh, large gradual deformations associated with uh, collapses. And well, if you look at the wreckage, you, you do have a lot of deformation of the structural material. So I'm not sure what it is he's trying to imply here, other than a uh, sort of a, a challenge of the evidence without any proof to then segue into his theory, which is a controlled demolition. And high-rises have never brought down a, a steel frame of high-rise building at all, ever. And what we have, unfortunately, is the evidence in the Twin Towers okay, and the okay, third... So hold it right here. So he said that um, there has never been another case where a fire has brought down a high-rise building ever. Uh, I, I guess he's saying a modern steel frame high-rise because I know that there have been um, high-rises from the, the turn of the century that have been brought down. But... Um, so he's saying that this has never happened before because the the buildings have fire suppression systems in them. Uh, well, first off, yes, the difference is World Trade Centers, the fire suppression systems were taken out by the impact of the aircraft. And those other buildings, which is, you know, the most remarkable point, they, they were not first struck by two large aircraft, jet aircraft. Large aircraft that were just taken off with uh, full gas tanks. Full gas tanks, a lot of flammable material that was then spread throughout the buildings, which then caused, as the uh, as the official report shows, caused caused a, a weakening of the structural members of, of the buildings. Uh, that didn't happen in the cases he's talking about. It's a it's a, it is a unique situation. Okay. Uh, skyscraper to collapse that day, which most people don't know anything about it. We have the evidence of the ten key features of controlled demolition. In the case of Building 7, it collapses straight down into its own footprint at free-fall speed in the there first the 100 feet. Now, wait a moment. Free-fall speed. Anything that's collapsing is going to collapse at free-fall speed. Yes, once, once it starts collapsing. What he ignores is he, he, he creates a, an arbitrary timeline. And also, too, he, you realize now he also is, is not talking about the World Trade Center skyscrapers. He's now moved to another building that, that did collapse that day. Yeah, that's building seven. Much later in the day. Right. Uh, that building, uh, if you look at the entire timeline, first went through a process of non-freefall collapse mm -hmm. as the structural members weakened. In fact, one corner collapsed first as an interior support column gave way. Mm -hmm. uh, he's talking about a segment of the timeline that is a freefall. Yes. 
Yeah, at, once at some all point, the supports... at some, yeah, once the supports went away, there was a period of free fall. At the beginning, no, it is not free fall. At the end, it is definitely not free fall. Now, uh, now, one of the things I've heard that the conspiracy people talk about is how long Building 7 fell down after Buildings 1 and 2, and uh, that it wasn't hit by an aircraft when no. did it fall down. And it's always been my understanding that the impact of the first two towers created a seismic event in that area that could have screwed up everything else around it. The impact or the collapse of the tower? The collapse, excuse me, the, the collapse of the buildings. So the build, Building 7 was on fire. Right. So if you look at the, and, and, and the reason Building 7 fell down is well documented. Richard Gate just ignores all the documentation. I don't think there's any evidence that the, 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 uh, the energy of the collapse of the first two in any way weakened Oh, okay. Uh, the, the the third building, in effect, that in, in a way that it would have caused this collapse. However, the third building was on fire. The fire burned for a long time until it eventually weakened the uh, one of the the three columns that was responsible for keeping it from not falling. And once that one of the columns went, it took the other two with it. And the reason the fire went on, which is unusual, is again there was no fire suppression available. So. It is. I mean, yeah, once the first two collapsed, there was no fighting the fire. Now, the what was one. the fire crews doing during this time? Um, well, when the first two collapsed, they were killed. Okay. so I mean, they, that, That's the problem. I mean, all every everybody just evacuated the area. There was nothing that could be done. They, they just got out. They weren't yes. busy trying to the suppress third the could against, if, if If the third building had just caught on fire due to, due to normal uh, means, the fire department probably could have got in there and put it out. Right. But, I mean, this was just a huge, a huge disaster. Right. But however, you know, once you move to the point, why did the third building collapse? The third building collapsed because fire weakened structural members, causing the collapse of one of the three main columns that kept the building intact. And if you look at the video from the angles they don't want you to look at, you actually can just see that column collapsing. Okay. And their video is available. They just don't like to uh, bring it in because it... Uh, it uh, goes against the argument they're trying to present. Uh, well, from this angle that they're showing on the news program, you can see that the, the building looks like it was hit by a demolition crew. It, it, looks yes. as, it looks like a professional demolition crew has made it collapse down. Yes, and they have this argument of, oh, you know, a building would not collapse into its own footprint. That's just not true. I, they, have, they supply no evidence of any buildings that fall over to the side uh, that, that structurally fail in the manners that these buildings Yeah, have. I tended to think that gravity pulled things straight towards the center of the Earth. Um, there are a lot of scenarios where a building would tend to shift and fall to the side, but this just isn't the scenarios we have. And we know why we don't have those scenarios based on the reports. So there's no real mystery here. Okay. It's, it's dropping, as you can see, uh, symmetrically, smoothly, at free fall speed in the first 100 feet, two and a half seconds. This is uncanny. There's 40,000 tons of structural steel designed to resist this collapse. So, of course, now they're bringing in controlled demolition videos to say, hey, it was just like a, a controlled demolition. Right. It's really spectacular to watch this because they have them side by side. They show the Building 7 uh, collapse and uh, uh, a controlled anonymous building collapsing. And they've, they've timed it in such a way that the, the rate of collapse is equal to each other, which is the rate of free fall. Also, too, um, what they're neglecting <clears throat> is that uh, the building that is controlled demolition uh, is filled with explosives. 
Well, and there's no evidence that World Trade Center uh, Seven had any explosives placed in it whatsoever. All they all they have is the fact that both buildings, on the video angles they show, show the same type of collapsing at a very gross level. Now, whenever whenever a professional demolition team goes into a building, the first thing that they do is they weaken members. They go through the building very carefully and they weaken different areas. They take out uh, the sheet walls. Um, then they um, put in directed charges on the, uh, the beams themselves. Um, and they do that either throughout the building or in specific layers in the building. And it takes them a long time and some very highly skilled people to do it to keep from blowing themselves up as they do this. Now, are we assuming that the 911 truth people are saying that this was all done secretly without anyone noticing? Well, actually, they they, they have had to uh, you know create a couple theories of how this could be done that are actually even more preposterous than the original theory. I, I've heard you know the uh, uh, something where the the security person for the World Trade Center is a relative of George Bush and there were trucks seen in the area five days before that were suspicious trucks. I don't know why they consider them suspicious. They really, you know, for this all to work, the conspiracy that they're talking about that created, that where they're saying that there was a controlled demolition that was hidden, would, would be enormous to have achieved. And uh, Well, know, this, is, this is a huge thing about conspiracy theorists in general, is that they believe that there is a large number of people who are in on it and who are all able to keep a secret to their graves. Yes. Which is what you get from, you know, UFO people and Roswell and it's all a government secret and stuff like that. The, 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 worst, the worst problem I have with the controlled demolition theory is there's no evidence of explosives being placed up front and there's no evidence of explosives after the fact. All they have is... Uh, a very gross comparison of two buildings collapsing during a, you know, a small segment of their collapse. That's all they have. I don't know if uh, we can listen to it more to see if he now brings up the evidence for third Yeah, let's go ahead. Up. Let's go ahead. That is uh, uncanny. So we have 700 architects and engineers demanding a new investigation as a result of this evidence and... Okay. The one thing that is unique about the AE 911 Truth Organization is they've created a website in which uh, architects and engineers can go register their opinion on the subject. There's could, two, could I do that? I'm you not... could. And in fact, the only thing you won't see on the website are engineers experienced with this very scenario. You won't see structural engineers. Well, I'm an electrical engineer. I could go in and say anything I want. That's right? right. Yes, of course. And what you know, and what are and what are your uh, you know your qualifications for disputing the official report? Um, your well, engineering hey, background. Okay, you know, my background, I was uh, a communications technician in the Air Force, and I'm an electronics uh, engineer now working for a security company. Doesn't that qualify me? Uh, I don't know. Are you qualified to write a, a computer model that was required to run on a giant Linux Beowulf cluster to model the, the collapse of this build, these buildings? Well, I couldn't do that. I do most of my programming with a soldering iron, but uh, would no. you, Would you know if such a model was correct or not? How to validate it. Oh, heck no. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Neither do any of the people on this uh, list. They're just basically saying, we don't know anything about this, so therefore we're probably right. Ah, uh, okay. 
So where have you guys seen another list like this that looks almost identical of people dissenting from a, a theory? Oh, well, you have uh, the, <laughs> the Intelligent Design List at Discovery Institute. Uh, yeah. Everybody but practicing, publishing, peer-reviewed. Biologists. Biologists yeah. in the field, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's the standard pseudoscience uh, uh, type of uh, organization that forms. And also, it's just like most pseudoscience organizations, they're all after anomaly hunting. They don't pre present any evidence of their own. They just sit there and try to chip away at the evidence of others. Okay, so so this is similar to uh, intelligent design in that uh, they don't offer any positive evidence. No. They yeah. only take away... Or attempt to. Or t attempt to yes. uh, or chip away, as you said. Also, evidence. too, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Roswell conspiracy <coughs> guys, UFO guys, uh, you know, not everything can be explained, therefore our explanation must be correct. Right. That's the methodology. The evidence in the World Trade Center that is very explosive. Almost every architect and engineer we show this information to agrees with us. Okay. Well, I didn't agree with it. Well... I'm not sure I agree with it or disagree with it because I'm, I'm really not qualified to know. So I'm going to have to take the uh, opinion of the majority of the qualified people who have looked at this. Yeah, well, in fact, when I went to the, the DVD showing uh, a couple months ago, David, uh, Dennis Payton, uh, civil engineer, asked the audience how many people in the audience were engineers. And I was the only one to raise my hand. And I was also the only one throughout their whole presentation to say, no, this evidence, what they're presenting, doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. uh, Dennis is a civil engineer, uh, and when I, you know, he, he, he can, uh, uh, you know, definitely qualify as much as I can as commenting on this. Uh, but I think that sort of cancels out. I mean, this isn't an overwhelming engineering opinion. And in fact, you know, the millions of engineers on the face of this planet, you know, he can only show a small handful that find this credible in any way. Maybe we should start a project, Steve, for this. <laughs> yeah, in, in, engineers who, who think this is all a bunch of nonsense. Well, you know, uh, you can start with the fact that the, the, the society that created the report definitely doesn't disagree with its own report, and that's um, hundreds of thousands of engineers right there. Right. Now, if that was a controlled demolition, would there not be any uh, evidence at the ground level of explosives within the uh, the, the, the building debris. itself, that's the debris that's left? Indeed, and what we find down there is pools of molten iron. Now, this is completely made up. Yeah, I've, I've read about this. The pools of molten iron? No one has ever shown any photographic video evidence. Uh, there's been no engineering uh, statements. People qualified to state something was, pool, you know, chemical engineers, oh yeah, those are pools of molten iron. All you really have are just, uh, you know, basically laymen saying, wow, it looked like, you know, pools of molten iron to me. What they were seeing, if they saw any liquid metal, what they were seeing was aluminum. Right. Well, uh, they, I think, too, we have to consider what those people went through that saw those things and uh, how fragile the human mind is and can create things later on. I mean, the, those memories that you have of a tragic event like that, could be so far from reality, and people don't often realize yeah. that. Uh, in fact, if there were pools of molten iron, you know, later during the cleanup, uh, you would have seen iron solidif slug. solidified iron that, that had gone through a molten state. And was that seen? Well, no one, n no one qualified has stated they, they, that that was seen, and uh, the material's all been hauled away and recycled now, so there isn't any permanent evidence either available either way. Uh, so 
you know, and he states there was fool's moon there, and so he, he's really just fabricating this uh, out of his own uh, wish fulfillment. Puns, exactly. What is that doing there? The first responders see it. The structural engineers see it. It's documented by FEMA, the melting of steel. Normal. Wait a moment. FEMA documented it? No. FEMA says has no documentation of it, uh, and he's been told this many times, and he just sticks with it. You know, it's one of these things where if you just keep saying it, even though it's been disproven, uh, it, it starts to gain traction among your audience, you know, but not, a, not among people who read the entire report. If he has been told that FEMA is disagreeing with him on this... Officially agreeing. Uh, you know, were there, were there chance comments made by FEMA officials who were not qualified? Probably. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, like different... any bureaucratic organization, exactly. you have, you have uh, peons in it. That yeah, sure. I mean, you were in the Air Force. How many Air Force people claim to have uh, seen UFOs? More than I'd like to admit. Does that mean it's the Air Force's official position, since they were once Air Force employees, that there must be UFOs? Oh, yeah, there we go. So if I admit that I knew of a UFO, does that is that going to cause a whole lot of conspiracy? The Air Force knew about it. That's oh, right. dear. Office fires is what's supposed to have brought these buildings down, along with jet plane impacts. The jet fuel and office fires don't produce molten iron or molten steel. It doesn't but begin to melt until 3,000 degrees. But what we have... So first off, he's, made, he's basically... So this is true. Jet that is true. But see, yes, he's established so he the premise that there was man. molten iron, which <laughs> is a false premise. And now, you know, he's, he, now he's going through now why... That premise is not supported by what was seen. Therefore, the whole thing is now suspect. Okay, so here's a problem that I have. In a controlled demolition building with explosives, you're not going to have molten iron either. Explosives don't melt the material. Uh, thermite would melt, um, would, would create molten iron. Uh, now, the fact it wouldn't create molten iron pools, like he is describing, you know, he wants you to skip past that thought process. Right. So what produced all that molten iron? Well, it has in it the chemical evidence of a special incendiary, uh, which is thermite. Okay, now, okay, this so is this where it becomes thermite. very interesting. The chemical evidence, who collected the evidence? Well, it was the 911 conspiracy guys who have this evidence. Do they publish it in uh, peer-reviewed journals? They probably would like to, but it wasn't accepted. So they went to a self-publishing route. So what was the chain of evidence for this stuff? I mean, how do we know... What happened to it between then and we when? We don't. Yeah. We don't. In fact, okay, there was... So no, in a court of law, you're saying it would be completely no, thrown no out. No chain of evidence. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and the evidence that was collected was not split for independent analysis. I mean, these were all things is why it's not, it's not publishable in, in, in any sort of reputable journal. And in fact, the PhD who uh, wrote the report uh, no longer has his job at Brigham Young in Utah. He, uh, he was dismissed due to the fact he was, uh, you know... Okay, before you, before you go on, I'd like to speak on thermite. You can actually wiki thermite and, and see what the ingredients are. And for the most common thermite, the ingredients are uh, iron oxide and uh, aluminum, uh, which is basically uh, iron rust in aluminum. So how would you tell those ingredients apart from the iron and aluminum that make up the building. I'm not quite sure how you would do that. Any material you collected could be used with a little imagination as evidence for thermite. Yeah, because there are several different recipes for thermite, but iron, and, uh, iron oxide and aluminum are the most common. That's right. So, so you're saying there's no one key signature item that would be present in thermite and not no. 
in anything else. No, which is why of all the explosives. Well, that's <laughs> but, why you pick it. Well, by the way, you know, plus, you know, thermite is not an explosive. Right. Okay. It, it, which is interesting uh, that they're, you know, that they're claiming an explosion of uh, thermite. Uh, thermite would basically be used to, to, you know, weaken the structural members and cause the collapse. It wouldn't cause an explosion. I'm not sure that's part of their, their theory either way, because their, their whole theory seems to shift around every moment depending on what, what's needed. You know, so, yeah, you pick thermite because it, it's uh, not C4 or something. It's unfalsifiable. That that's right, exactly. Yeah. You know, so it works out really well for them. In all of the dust throughout uh, lower Manhattan, uh, we have a four to six inch thick layer of, of, of this dust, and throughout it we have uh, evidence of tiny spheres, billions of them, several tons uh, of previously molten iron. Well, how does... Have they ever put a magnet through just, you know, a sandbox to see what comes up on the other end, just in general? Well, you would get, first off, you get a lot of micrometeorites, mm-hmm. which are small spherical yeah. bits of iron. Funny. And, and how do they make concrete again? And, and also, you know, from a scientific standpoint, you know, are, are they really stating that there are statistically too many iron spherites in this material over what would be expected? No, they're just stating, they're saying it because most people don't realize that they're there in their normal conditions. A spherical item. Now, I don't know, I don't know what the, the incidence is for small metal spherical items in our dust and, and stuff like that. But if it is micrometeorites that have gathered over a long period of time that just became part of our soil, then it would also be part of our cement. Yes. And, and what you definitely have there is a lot of a lot of dust, from, a lot of cement dust from natural material. Yes. Yeah, things fell down, but here's another problem that I have: if it's thermite melting something, why is it scattered all over the city as micro items? Wouldn't it be nearer the building, and and then you should be able to show a gradient of these materials from closer to the building to further away from this, the building itself. Have they discussed this sort of thing? Have they shown a gradient? No. Um, in fact, I guess, you know, there's a whole series of premises you have to accept first, that there was thermite, that the thermite produces these iron sphericals that they're, that they're, they're claiming to have found in the dust, that the thermite would have, would have dis- distributed, that the, the results of the thermite would have created this iron that would then be distributed throughout the dust all over the city. There's a whole chain of stuff that would have to be shown here against, as science is always done, against a, a, uh, a control. Hmm. And I don't see any evidence of any control here at all. Just uh, All I see is uh, them looking through a whole lot of stuff and finding things that match the theory that they've already come up with beforehand. Okay. In but very I, weak ways. I thought the scientific model worked the other way. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not, also, well, this is very clear, too. When you talk scientific method with them here, they're very clear. This is forensics. This is not the scientific method. The, the byproduct of thermite is molten iron, and it's dispersed throughout all of this dust. Now, how, you were allowed to go in and get samples and examine it? Oh, there's, there's plenty of dust. Uh, a lot of people have this dust, and four of these samples have been sent to physicist Stephen Jones, uh, formerly of Brigham Young University. And they find... The reason he's formerly is very key here. His 911 uh, conspiracy ideas, I think, pretty much cost him his job. Find in it uh, not only these spheres, uh, with which which others have found too. USGS, mm-hmm. R.J. Lee doing toxicological studies. Uh, this these spheres have uh, iron, aluminum, uh, fluorine, manganese, very unusual elements associated only with thermite. Okay. Well, wait a moment. <laughs> iron and aluminum are the two most common materials 
in the crust of the earth. The, 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 everything around us is iron and aluminum. Okay, but, you know, and he's saying, again, this is the recipe for thermite, so how can you even tell it apart from the rest of the building? But wait a moment, why would you send this to a physicist? Oh, well, yes, you'd, you'd drive the oxygen, send it to a chemist. Is he is he a experimental physicist or a theoretical physicist? Um, he's neither. He's and also too, it wasn't sent to him. He he was the driving force. You know. Oh, he we went and got it. So you know, it's not like <laughs> oh, we found this stuff. Let's send it off to a to an unbiased laboratory to see what's in it. It was more like you know, I, you know, I'm a I'm a nine one <coughs> conspiracy buff, and I've collected this dust, and I'm going to look at it. And wow, look, it confirms my it confirms what I expected to see. Uh, and there's small chips of unignited thermite as well. This is very high-tech thermite. Okay, again, this is part of the self-published paper claiming that these chips of whatever source they were of, from, I don't know, uh, were thermite chips. Uh, the report shows nothing. It just shows that they contain iron, aluminum, sulfur. So these are the samples that he won't allow uh, independent laboratories to analyze. His report did not, his, his published paper did not indi indicate that it was sent to anyone else. Did not indicate that there was any controls done. Uh, it, it, the, the report isn't, wouldn't be publishable in, in hey, a I normal a, journal. I got a dragon. It's in my garage. You guys will have to take my word for it. <laughs> yeah. If I show it to you, you'll steal it. That's right. Anothermite. It's not found uh, in a cave in Afghanistan. It's produced in very sophisticated defense. By the Whoa. way, nanothermite doesn't actually. No, if this is. What nanothermite? Yes, this is you know this is. This How is, does that work any different than regular thermite? They, what they're saying is, in top secret laboratories, something called nanothermite has been created. Uh, I don't know why they need nanothermite for this process. Uh, I don't know why they bring that in. Uh, you at know, this point. what's really interesting is if you go to YouTube and you look up thermite, homemade thermite. There are several YouTube videos where people just take iron oxide and aluminum shavings put them together in a coffee can, light them with a flare, and have the results melt its way through a car engine. You know, it's it's very dramatic, and you can you can look this up. It's, it's very cool. It's a cool thing to look at. So why would you need nanothermite? Regular thermite does a great job, and I'm not really too sure what chemically better uh, making it nano, nanoparticles well, I think the reason... The reason that they need nanothermite is for whatever properties they need it to have to meet the scenario they're proposing. Oh, so this it is... Will service. Oh, well, engineering has a, a very perfectly acceptable word for this material. It's called unobtainium. <laughs> yes. Well, the, what you have to ask is who had access to the buildings? Did Al-Qaeda have access to these highly secure buildings? Probably not. Did they have access to sophisticated uh, nanothermite, where the particles are 1,000 times smaller than a human hair? You know, if we had asked uh, before this happened if Al-Qaeda had access to our airplanes, the answer probably would have been no as well, right? Well, So to I... just assume that uh, they can get onto our airplanes and take those over, but they couldn't walk into a building, I think that's a bit of an assumption. Well, it's it's my understanding too. You know, these buildings were also tourist attractions. So Absolutely, they had the windows on the world on the top. Actually, um, the CEO of the company I work for knew the uh, the owner of Windows of the World and was very saddened at her death. Um, so, you know, there there was a thriving tourist trade of people going up to look off the top floor and that kind of thing. If you have the identification to get into the country, I'm pretty sure that getting into this building would be a trivial, considering. Yeah.
Well, the the this particular thread of conversation, you know, she's bringing it up. She's she's trying to say, okay, well, if there really was thermite there, it couldn't be placed by Al Qaeda. You know, it's just so you know she's trying to accept his premise of the thermite without uh, implicating the U.S. But, government. Without, but you know, right. we're on, you know, we're just totally out in left field here. You know, yeah. uh, no one could have gotten into the building and put thermite. It's just a ridiculous concept to begin with. Uh, it's like arguing over the length of angels' wings. Yeah. Well, you you'd have to you'd have to break through walls and stuff like that internally to get to the internal structures. Uh, I've heard estimates that it would have taken uh, twenty days to place. Uh, enough explosives in that building to bring it down as a controlled demolition. By controlled demolition, experts have to look to see where I got that from. Uh, you would definitely notice all these guys. Because right. this was actually, you know, the building's not closed. I mean, there's people going to work. They're doing everything. No one, no one has come forth and said, you know, I saw guys opening up walls to place, you know, strange materials on structural members. And, but, it, but here's the even funnier part of it. When you look at the video... The video shows the building was not brought down as controlled demolition. You can see the floors collapsing on each other. Pancake. Pancake. I mean, you can see, you know, where the fire is. You can see the floors above the fire being the only ones to move first. And we're talking about so that the towers means, themselves. So basically, it means the thermite would have also had to have been placed in such a way that it would have gone off after two precisely place jet aircraft hit a particular point which the thermite guys would have had to know exactly where it was going to hit well the pilots were just really good i i don't it's just you know it's just, it's just and of course you know he's gonna say well it's preposterous to think that al-qaeda could have done this yeah, well somebody else has to be investigated and that's why we have 700 architects and engineers demanding a real investigation we don't have the whole theory as to how this happened who did it why we just lay out the facts like we did last night in the veterans memorial auditorium and we we demand a real investigation and they'll find out who why how etc okay. i like to point out that you know he's talking about they laid out the facts i brought the report uh, faq in i printed up my own expense i stood there trying to hand them out nobody nobody took one of those reports. Whenever nobody you, was the least bit whenever interested. Whenever you were at his talk. Yes, nobody was the least bit interested in looking at the facts of the report. They had already formed their opinion, and they wanted nothing to sway them from it. So you, you tried to hand out the official fact. Yes, and I stayed the entire evening after the talk. Uh, this was the, the earlier talk in March before Richard Gage came out. I stayed there entirely and made myself available as an engineer to discuss technically anything that was in the reports or in the, in the DVD. And nobody had any interest at all. Well, you're you're probably about as popular as a realist at a Bigfoot convention. <laughs> yes. About several tons of nanothermite and ordinary thermite. Yeah, One tons. would have to have access through security. So the security company involved for the World Trade Center should be thoroughly investigated. And uh, it turns out to be Securicom, Stratasec. Somebody should look and see who's on the board of those companies. Uh, some very interesting individuals uh, turn out to be. In addition, one would have to have the cover of, say, an elevator modernization, which was, in fact, going on nine months prior to 9-11, so that uh, there were workers in, throughout the World Trade Center um, in, in, in the, uh, and it had access to the hoistway, that, which is immediately adjacent to the core columns and, and, and beams in the building. Here's, here's how they had access, according to Richard Gage, is that they went in through the elevators. Yes. That's the core columns. Right. 
were there other structural members that they would have had to get to too? Well, that's what's interesting is uh, the core columns uh, were not what brought the building down. Oh, really? And in fact, the core columns would not have brought the building down. How so? Why is because that? Because the, the building isn't supported by the core columns. The building is supported by the exterior columns locked into the horizontal columns. You could have done all you wanted to those core columns and nothing really horrible would have happened. Okay, so... Well, you could you would have had, let's put it this way, you, you could have blown up enough of them to bring the building down, but it would not have come down in the way that the video shows it came down. It wouldn't come down the way that they admit it came down. And also, if you'd taken out those core columns, you would have had to put in an enormous amount of explosive that would have, uh, and thermite, that would have definitely have shown up after the fact. Okay, well, they're saying that it did show up, but we're disagreeing with that. Um, no, but I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about you would, have, you would have seen on the beams, you would have seen evidence of thermite cutting all over the place. Okay, so once, once all of the, the wreckage collapsed, how long did they investigate the wreckage to see if there were any anomalies before they shipped it off and turned it into to new stuff? I don't think, they, well, I don't, I don't think they, they looked at the wreckage for anomalies. And I don't know that they looked at, I mean, it, no anomalies were present. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if, if, uh, if, if you see someone crossing the street and you see a car come around the corner at high speed and hit them and kill them, you know, you don't look for a sniper in a window. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, what, what are you supposed to do? I mean, everybody saw exactly what happened. The controlled demolition, is, you know, he, he already mentions it would take tons. It takes more than just tons of thermite. It takes a lot of communication wiring because the thermite has to be triggered right. in a certain way. Right. Okay. Has it has to, be... to has to be ran back to some central point mm -hmm. where it can be set off. It has to have, you know, knowledge of the planes hitting and everything else. Well, you know, we, we live in a wireless yeah. world. How come we couldn't just yeah. have all the thermite triggered by, say, Wi Fi? Well, for, because it's an iron building and it's it's not going it's not going to uh, penetrate and work. And you have to hope. Yeah, actually, you actually also have to wire this up in such a way that when two airplanes hit the building, it doesn't destroy your communications wiring that you're using to ignite the thermite. Right. Speaking of someone with a background in radio, I'm going to add that the reason why you don't hook up your bombs to radios is because of uh, spurious transmissions. That's why there, you always see the in the movies the guy has a arm and disarm next to a uh, ignite button, so he can have it disarmed for most of the time so he doesn't accidentally pick up a spurious transmission. Oh yeah, but you know this is this is very top secret stuff being used. So oh yeah, they, they have the ability to engineer around that. So yes, you would have think that they would have found one of those top secret boxes in the wreckage. Oh yes, in fact yes, you know even if you don't, you you know there might be thermite, but there was also you know no remnants of any communications of any control circuitry that would have been required well I guess you could how it. how would the wiring look any different from say ethernet cable you know cat 5 cat 6 would it look any different than that well the, well, the wiring could look like the wiring but you're gonna you're gonna see small boxes laying around that contain circuitry that, that everybody would say wow these are exactly what you would use to ignite thermite remotely ah okay now you could claim oh it would have all been destroyed but you know well, you know, the, the problem is, is is no explosion is perfect. It always leaves residue. Yes. I worked on a, a cleanup of an A-10 Thunderbird that went down in uh, Fort Irwin, California, whenever I was still Air Force. And the investigators, they looked for little bits and pieces of the turbine fan that had 
scattered themselves over the desert yeah. and were able to put these things back together and figure out where the fan blades had been set whenever he went yeah. down. Yeah. So no explosion, no tear apart is gonna going to remove all of the evidence. I don't care how good it is. Right, and if and uh, it's it's not much of a conspiracy if uh, your your strategy you know leaves tons of evidence behind. So um, he's pointing the finger at the security company, and he said there's a lot of interesting figures in the security company. Did you find out who they were? Um, well, I said there's some link to uh, to, to President Bush. Yeah, basically, the, the link goes to anybody that needs to be part of the conspiracy <laughs> to keep it intact. You know, that's the way it works. Including, uh, I myself was accused of being part of the conspiracy. Really? Yes. Because what, what did you have to do? You're, you're trying to cover it up. Beca yes, because I was there with the, uh, yeah, with, with the, the, uh, the official report information and stuff. So I'm therefore part of it in the first place. You know, so. Ah, so by recording this podcast we are all members of the conspiracy yes. now mm -hmm. of course yes Basically. sorry david we didn't mean yeah. to bring you in that's this. all right <laughs> i haven't seen the new yacht you purchased with your your take on yeah this. that is true too yes yeah. my motivation on this was is is a little uh a little vague yeah well you know i still live in an apartment so <laughs> <laughs> now well actually but let's talk about what are the motivations of the people doing this now so i went like i said i went to the the dvd showing and, and I'll hazard a little bit of what their motivations are. Everybody there uh, really hates their government. Well, I hate Bush too, but I thought of him as incompetent. No, no, they don't hate Bush. They hate the government. The entity. They the hate idea. the entity. They hate, they hate the fact they're taxed. They hate the fact of everything that our government does. That, that... So what are they, anarchists? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, they're, they're not anarchists. They want government in the sense they want a strong military. In fact, you know, I, the way, in fact, I guess they bring the military in on this, which is a little bizarre. How do you get us? I don't know. You know, it, it's, this has nothing to do with the World Trade Center collapse, though, these people's motivations. I mean, they, this is just a, a something that has come along that they can latch on to that allows them to rehearse their prejudices and, uh, you know, uh, let their paranoias run wild. Um, okay. And uh, some very educated people were at the meeting. It was it was very sad to see them throw out their education to uh, justify their their theories in this area. Well, we we've seen that you know where where um, education does not necessarily increase wisdom any or yes. rationality. Yeah. yeah. I also, too, what's interesting is uh, you know that this this conspiracy takes both ends of the political spectrum. The, the, the most liberal and the most conservative and wraps them around into a common point. Uh, and I said, but here's, here's the, the thing that, you know, is, is we're sitting here and we're reviewing, you know, Richard Gabe being on, you know, Great Day, uh, local television station. Uh, that's where he brings his arguments to. You know, he'd be laughed out of any scientific uh, forum. Well, the Central Valley is uh, interesting in that it's uh, a farming community going from Stockton all the way down to Bakersfield. So he has a very wide audience here of people who uh, may not have the qualifications to refute him. Rational Horizon is a program that discusses issues and events of interest to the secular and skeptical community of the California Central Valley. You can find links, show notes, and contact information by visiting the show website at www.rationalhorizon.com. Please send emails to 
comments at rationalhorizon.com. The Rational Horizon podcast is supported by the Central Valley Alliance of Atheists and Skeptics. You can learn more about this organization and upcoming calendar events from its website, www.cvaas.org. Hey, this is Jonathan Colton, and you're listening to a podcast released under a Creative Commons license. CC, baby. Check it out.